Welcome, welcome to the English podcast with Tommy from learnenglishwithtommy.com. Yes, welcome, welcome to another episode of the English podcast with Tommy. I am the one and only Tommy. Yeah, there is only one Tommy in this podcast. And I'd like to welcome all of you to another episode. Today's guest is another podcaster and someone who we've not heard of before. But I'm going to use a pun, and the pun is intended. And I'm going to ask her to start. So here we go. Welcome to the <laughs> podcast, Catherine Angus. Thank you. I like that. Here we go. <laughs> That's exactly um, the intention of the name behind my podcast. Uh, I was playing on the words of giving someone something. Here we go. Let's begin. Here yeah. you are. Here is a podcast for you to listen to, to hear. Yeah. Before we before we talk a bit about your podcast and what you what you do in your podcast, we'd like to hear about who you are, where you're from, if you'd like to, obviously tell us where you're from, and what you do. Sure. Well, first, thanks, Tommy, for reaching out and inviting me to join you on the one and only Tommy's podcast. Um, I, uh, <laughs> my name is Catherine Angus, and I'm a Canadian. I'm currently living back in my hometown of Ottawa, Canada, um, the capital of the country. Um, after spending, I was gone for 30 years. After university, I moved to Toronto, and then after almost a decade there, we moved to New York City and then settled in New Jersey for 20 years where I did the bulk of my um, my teaching. So um, that's sort of geographically where I have, um, where I've situated with uh, a couple of different um, work abroad. So I worked in Mexico in the 1990s and I worked in Geneva um, for a, a short contract in the 1990s as well. Um, I say that because I worked in a little bit of Spanish and a little bit of French. So when I'm working with people who are stressed about working in English, I remember those moments of anxiety when I couldn't find that word I needed when I was working in those other languages. Um, so yeah, that answers the question of where I'm from. Yeah. And I am an English language teacher yeah. um, online. Now, um, like I think so many of us, I was working in a school setting prior to the pandemic, but then I moved online and within the past year, I've transitioned to completely freelance. Hmm. And I work primarily with English language teachers these days. Super. When I first came across you, and I think I came across you via someone else who we might know, um, I listened to you and I was thinking you're not from Canada. I had you down for somewhere that I had you down for somewhere like uh, somewhere in the southern parts of the United States, you know, one of the southern states. I thought you were from Texas. Oh my gosh. And then then you now you say that you're from, you know, then obviously those who know you better know that you're ne you're nowhere near you're from nowhere near Texas, you know. It's a long way from Texas to it's a long way from Texas to Ottawa. Um, so it's interesting, but the way you speak the English language is is with the is a is with a standard Northern American accent, isn't it? Or do you it guys is. in Ottawa, or do you guys in Ottawa have something have like an Ottawa accent or something 
along those lines. I don't know. You know, shoot me down at any time when I'm say, if I'm saying anything wrong here. So, do you guys, is that something? There is, from what I know, you know, we come. I come from the opposite end of the pond. I come from the United Kingdom. So when I hear a North American, it will, they will, you all sound the same, unfortunately, you know, and that's that's just my ears. But I guess you coming from Canada, Ottawa, Canada, you would be able to tell the difference between someone who's from Ottawa, from Toronto, from New York, from New Jersey. Would you be able to tell the difference and just, you know, just, just humor me on this for a second? Yeah, it's funny. That's such a good question. Um, let me see if I can break it down into a few pieces. Yes, there is an Ottawa Valley accent. Hmm. Um, it's it's influenced by uh, really hundreds of years of, of immigration originally from the United Kingdom. So we have a large number of people with Scottish and Irish heritage. And uh, in the rural parts of the province, there is um, there is what we would call this sort of Ottawa Valley accent. Mm. Um, I don't I don't speak with it unless I'm with certain members of my family. Mm. Um, but after spending 20 years in the United States, I know I picked up some features of New Jersey and New York English. And I'll give you an example. Just today, I was listening to someone talk about how to say the word project. Um, so, and this is kind of, if you know, tell me how you say these words. So growing up, I said project, process, progress. In the United States, they say project, process, progress. Mm. And then I get muddled. So sometimes I'll say, oh, I'm working on a really interesting project. And when I moved to the U.S., if I said that word, people would look at me like, what are you talking about? And it's just that one slight variation. Um, and it's unique, I think, to, to Canada. Uh, but the Brits, you guys say process and progress yeah. as well. We say, I say process, progress, project. Okay, so you say project. So, okay, yeah. so we Canadians have continued that pro yeah. into project, except that I think with the influence of so much American English in our media, more and more frequently we're saying project instead of project. Mm. Um, and, and I just want to go back to, can I tell the difference between the different North American Englishes? There really isn't much of a difference throughout Canada, except in the eastern provinces, okay. which are, we call them the Maritimes, and Newfoundland in particular has mm. a very distinctive um, uh, dialect, mm. which can sometimes be a challenge for other Canadians to understand. But um, yeah, I think the Canadian manner of speech is very similar to the Midwest of the United States. So people from Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, the northern states tend to share similar vowel sounds um, and, and our manner of intonation. Mm. A little bit different from New York, uh, Boston, and then of course the southern states, which have a very different rhythm. Yeah, exactly. But we're not here to talk about North American English, despite it being incredibly, incredibly interesting, at least for my ears, you know, 
for a non for a non North American, you know, coming from the United Kingdom, it sounds uh, it sounds really amazing, and it would be something for another time. We're here to talk about a topic called active listening, which a lot of which I know a lot of students have problems with. Um, you know, lots of students of mine have the same problem. And in particular, we're looking at active listening during podcasts, which is very apt because we're talking here in a podcast Mm -hmm. about active listening in a podcast. So generally speaking, what, what does active listening mean? Where do we start? What do we, what what do we, where where can we start with it? Well, I, um, I've spent a lot of time thinking about the best ways to encourage listeners to really make the most out of a listening experience. So for everybody listening today, I think there are stages at which they should listen to you and I talk. Mm. Um, Moving from just a very relaxed first listen, like Mm. just sit down or go for a walk and listen to you and me talk. It's passive. totally passive no pen or paper no nothing just listen to us and then i think it's really important for listeners to move through two phases of active listening the first is to listen for all of those things we typically have done in a classroom setting or in in most English language instruction. Listen for meaning, listen for new words and expressions, listen for, uh, you know, what you don't understand and then look it up. Um, So that's uh, engaging with the language, engaging with the meaning. But going back to our, just the topic we've just talked about, accents and rhythm and intonation, that's a key part of active listening as well. And so after a learner has gone through the, the meat of the language mm-hmm. in the podcast, then it's time to listen actively for the sounds. Yeah. And an example could be they've heard in American television, people say project, 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 but maybe they're going to hear me on this podcast say project and they're listening that, wow, that's a different pronunciation. I didn't know you could pronounce it that way. Hmm. Those sorts of things. Um, Different, the ways we, well, let me just stop for a second. Project, project, the difference between a noun and a verb and Mm. where we put the stress. I'm projecting my voice when I work on a project. So those are the sounds, an example of sounds people can actively listen for, stresses. They can also listen for how you and I contract a lot, right? I very rarely will say, I had been to uh, the United Kingdom several times in the 90s. I would say, I'd been. Yeah, I'd been exactly okay. So those are the kinds of those I call that. Well, I don't call it uh, Richard Caldwell, um, who's someone I really admire. His work on listening to the sounds of English. He calls it the soundscape, and so it's things like that: contractions, reductions. In my stories this morning, I gave an example of two words: recovery and discovery. Yeah. 
I believe in the United Kingdom, you're more apt to say recovery, discovery. But it's interesting. Let me just let me just cut in that because that is very interesting. We, in at least in parts of the United Kingdom, we are very picky when it comes to the way that we say words. So you know, you won't hear you'll hear some people say recovery. You know, so we'll cut we'll cut it down to the vri. You know, not a we'll cut out the e at the end. Or just re, but then there'll be some parts of it, some parts where you'll hear people actually say every syllable as it comes recovery, and obviously that is you know that's very picky and very choosy. Obviously, with your friend, with with uh, you know those who you might know, people will then cut the words down. You know they'll cut them down to discovery, or dis you know or recover recovery. You know I can't say that recovery. Yeah, that, that that comes very uh, un, unnaturally to me, you know, trying to cut the word out, cut, trying to cut a sound out of a word. Um, but there are parts of the United Kingdom in which that does happen very often, and it's a very, it's a typical trait of what, how we speak the English language. Um, before we move on further, I'd like dear listeners to go and listen to some of the episodes of the Brilliant British Accents and Dialect series. There you might find, if you actively listen, and Catherine will continue along this path with the active listening, you might hear some of these shortened sounds within certain words. So, back to you. We're, as you were saying, there are, that you were saying in your stories that there are certain parts, certain parts of the English-speaking world in which you'll find discovery, or discovery, if you want to be like me, you know. And there will be other parts where you will find it being shortened completely. Um, when we talk about active listening, we are do we we mean we have to? How do we? How do we take it on board? You know, because I've got a pen here in my hand, so you know there are going to be some people thinking, what like what tools do I need for active listening during a podcast? Yes, that's a fabulous question. So. In fact, in the last episode of Here You Go, episode 27, I returned to the topic of listening. I began episode one with why it's important to listen. (laughs) Episode 27 was really a how to listen. And so as we've sort of already gone through, one listen is a passive listen, second listen, pen, paper, computer, tablet, actively listening for key ideas, key words, uh, words and expressions you don't know. I also think it's important to point out you should be noting words and expressions you know and you like. I forget these great chunks of language I know in French that are buried somewhere back in my head. And when I hear another French speaker use them, I'm reminded of, oh, that's really useful. Let me write that down so I remember to use it this week. And so I want to encourage listeners to not always, not only always focus on what you don't know, Mm. but take the time to appreciate what you do know and note that. Um, So that would be another step. And then as we were talking about these different sounds, the soundscape of English, Hmm. the key is to notice. 
notice how you and I say words oh, differently. Oh, there we go. There's a, there's a big difference there. Notice. Yeah. And I yeah. don't say notice because it's not. There's no D in notice. It's a T. Exactly. It's a T. It's a T. You know, there's a there's a very it's a very interesting thing. But I think it's a, a North American trait that you'll find that you like to put letters into words which don't exist in the original word. <laughs> Is that, am I, please tell me that I'm wrong here, but if at any point, but I find it incredibly interesting, there will be words like notice or, or lettuce, you know, and I'm like listening, hang on, there's no D or no silent T in, a, in lettuce. It's a T, it's a T, it's a T, it's a T. Well. Yeah. I have my glass of water. Oh, here we here. go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So yes, the flapped T. Yeah. Very common in North American English. And of course, it's not something you would ever say. Um, and so notice. Yes. Notice with the D coming yeah. out of my mouth. Notice with the T coming out of yours. It, it, That's you, the way that you said that sounded like someone from England. I have to say that just that sounded so that sounded so English, you know. And a North American trying to put trying to put trying to, you know. And I'm not not poking fun at North Americans here, but you know, sure. I find it incredibly incredibly interesting how when a North American tries to go full British or full full United Kingdom, you know, full standardized English, British English. It makes them sound like a complete different person. You know, you're like you're complete alien. You know, you go from notice, which make you know, I make myself sound really strange saying that to uh, notice, and even you're forced to even put the O in notice rather than notice. No, no, it's like you know, like notice. Yeah, sorry, no, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop doing that because you know. This hijacking your episode here without no, you. No, 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 no. I love it because, I, and I think that this is really valuable for listeners yeah. to hear that. I mean, the truth is, right? We, you and I know this. English is a lingua franca. It is spoken by millions of people around the world, mm-hmm. and that's something to celebrate. It's really rich. Yeah. Um, of course, it's connected to the fact that the United Kingdom spread English around the world and then it, it reinvented <coughs> itself yeah. in those locations where it exists. So this this variation is wonderful to notice. And it's the noticing or the noticing of these differences that really marks active listening yeah. through the sounds of English. And that's where I want learners to really have some fun. Mm. And how do you do that? Well, well, I've got my I've got my pen here. You know, I've got my pen. Yeah. I've got a stick, yeah. and I've got a chunk of sticky notes. You know, and you know, the, look, listeners will not be able to see anything that I'm, I'm I'm holding here because this is only sound only. So I'm just going to quickly do the the sticky note thing. You know, go through the sticky notes. You, they, yeah. No one will be able to hear that. Um, and then I, you know, as a learner, I'm I'm sat there. And I'm, I'm picking up these these different things like notice, notice, letters, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it might be. What do I do with it? Because you know, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm I'm just you know, it's it's interesting for me. So do I do I start writing Tommy this, Catherine this, or what? You know, how do I what how do I go about it? You know, because it's a very important part of active listening. But 
how can I what do, how can I incorporate it into my learning? Yeah, great, great question. To not be overwhelmed, I recommend listeners take the podcast episode they like, mm-hmm. preferably one of yours or mine, right? Um, and they decide to listen actively to twenty or thirty seconds mm-hmm. of the episode. That there's a lot of language in that. In 20 or 30 seconds. Let's try not to, uh, just a quick one now, try not to take the jingle, you know, because the jingle is, (laughs) there's not much, there's a lot of language in the jingle, but the jingle is a jingle, you know, it's not active, it's Uh, not talking. Anyway, back back to you, sorry. Yeah, no, no. Um, So yeah, short, short excerpt Mm. of the podcast and write down everything that they hear. Okay. So just write down everything and it some they might miss some words they might um they might make spelling mistakes who cares no don't worry about spelling mistakes just write down everything you hear in that 20 or 30 seconds and then and then once they're happy with that and you know do it as many times as they need to 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 make sure they've got this chunk of what they've heard then i'm going to recommend they look at a transcript. Um, I create a transcript for my episodes. I know that not all podcasts do, and I, I remember someone telling me they listen to the BBC something and, and it doesn't have a, um, a transcript. There are ways to use AI to create a transcript. I'm no, by no means an expert on that. Um, maybe that's another podcast episode just to have somebody come and explain how to do that. But why is a transcript important? It's important to compare what the student has written down in those 20 or 30 seconds and compare it to the original transcript. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And this can be done with a video too, right? Yeah. On YouTube, where there's often a transcript that's generated by AI. Yeah. Um, did you want to say something? No, 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 no. I just I no. find that incredibly important. Um, despite there not being podcasts with uh, transcripts, unfortunately, mine is one where there <coughs> sporadically you might find a transcript available, but you know, not all the time. Um, yep. Like you can you can use different tools to generate that transcript, and you know, like you said. There are experts about this on this. I am. I will definitely join you in the. I am not an expert on this, you know, field. So I'm gonna. I'm just gonna park up here and be quiet about being an expert on AI. But um, in general, once I have this um, comparison, you know, I've taken that twenty second section. I've highlighted it maybe on the transcript. What you know, I've compared it with what I've written. What am I gonna do next? Yeah, well, you're going to see what you got right. And most of the time, you're going to notice you got the majority right. Um, And then celebrate that. And then you're going to look at what you missed. Yeah. So, um, you know, fill in those blanks. And then it's things like, okay, in the podcast, did, did the speaker actually say, I'll go back to my example, I had been to the doctor last week, or I'd been to the doctor last week. So in the transcript, it will probably say, I had been 
notice if that's actually what you heard. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an, a, another example. I played an excerpt of one of my podcasts to a, a group in a workshop. The speaker said, this is our class. I tell my students, this is our class. Mm-hmm. When I asked participants what they heard, several of the participants from the United Kingdom said, this is our class. And I said, well, you're right. Dan did say this is our, oh, you are class, except it came out of his mouth as this is our class. Yeah, exactly. So they used their knowledge of, of course, that was, that was the word, oh, you are, but it was noticing that it was pronounced differently. So it's those kinds of things in a short 20, 30 second um, clip of a podcast where you can really compare what was said to the words on the page. Yeah, exactly. And it's so important to understand that spoken English breaks all sorts of rules. Mm-hmm. And and that's, I think, a really valuable lesson for listeners too, because I work with a lot of people who are perfectionists and just want to speak perfectly. And the truth is all spoken language, I don't care what language it is, is imperfect and mm. messy and filled with lots of, um, well, there's no rules. We yeah. just, we make it up as we go along. <coughs> so the transcript allows you to see um, the imperfections of the, of the speaker. And I hope that that is a process that reassures learners that, hey, just talk, <laughs> just talk. Because, because you're yeah exactly because you know um, despite coming from a part of the United Kingdom in, in which the English language is meant to be perfectionist I come from literally just down the road from Windsor Castle you know uh, if that says anything to you a lot of a lot of listeners might think where's Windsor Castle well you know Google Maps it you know find Windsor Castle on the map and you'll know exactly what Windsor where Windsor Castle is and what it is. And, you know, where I come from, it, the, we're meant to speak Queen's English, or King's English in this case, because mm-hmm. we now have a king, yeah. you know, but um, that really is not how it works, not in our part of the, not in my town that I come from, you know, a lot of, a lot of people do speak like that, but there are a lot of people who don't speak like that, you know, and they, they don't speak like people from Oxford, you know, who've got something stuck up their backside, you know, I, you know, no offence to anyone listening in from Oxford, but, you know, I, I'm not someone who appreciate, I don't, I find Oxford to be a beautiful city, but some of the people who live in Oxford are, right, are not exactly the nicest of people. Anyway, now, you talked about, just, yeah, yes, go, go. I, to, I just want to point out, again, this is a noticing, noticing, you just said a lot of people lot of people you dropped the a so maybe those people in oxford or maybe those people somewhere else would say a lot of people oh yeah oh people. yeah they would say but a lot of people you know right. <laughs> you would you would hear a difference in the way that i speak the english language and someone natively from oxford speaks the english language so that's a you know the transcript would say that Tommy said a lot of people except yeah. that Tommy really said a lot of people yeah. and he dropped the a. So those are the kinds of features that I think are 
Well, I think they're fun. Oh, they, it, it is. It is. It, there we go again. It is. I took the tea out. I took the tea. It should be. It is. It is. I think I've been converted to a North American in this episode. It is <laughs> incredibly interesting how we, how much we can pick out from people speaking within a short period of time, you know, and you picked out quite a few things here from my side and we've, I've, I've, I've been doing it to you as well, you know, yeah. your, your sign, your D in noticing and your etc yeah. etc. Et this is a part of the show where I'm going to now draw a box and you can only, you're the only one who can see this box. I've drawn a magical box for you and I want you now to put all your contact details, preferably not your private contact details, <laughs> into the magic box. So how can we find you if we would like to contact you? Sure. So I am on Instagram as Catherine Angus underscore here you go h-e-a-r yeah. you go um so you can find me there i'm i'm there too often but i i actually love engaging with listeners and learners so i i find it an enjoyable place to be i can also be found on linkedin with my just my name katherine angus and of course the podcast here you go is available on all um, podcast listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I host it on Podbean. But if if people are on Instagram, they can go to my bio and there's a my bio link has has the links to everything, including my webpage, which is English with Catherine. And that's Catherine with a C, not a K. So. And, and with a th, and with a th. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You know, let's be careful here because there are some people who spell Catherine in a very di completely different way. Interesting yes. stuff. So you know, it's been very interesting. And you, dear listeners, it's time that you get your active hearing caps on and you start listening actively to podcasts. You start actively listening into my podcast, Catherine's podcast, and any other podcast that you might be listening to. Have you got any other f final thoughts on this episode before we say goodbye? Just a huge thank you once again. This has been a really fun and engaging conversation. And uh, I think we've given listeners a lot to chew on and listen for. Exactly. It's now time for you to chew, not to chew too much, because that's not good for you, but to chew on this episode and further episodes of the English Podcast with Tommy. You will join me again very soon for another episode of the English Podcast with Tommy. It's another goodbye from Ottawa, and not Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> Ottawa. <laughs> Thanks. And it's another goodbye from me here in Germany. Goodbye now. <laughs>